Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. On today's episode, we're talking about investing, entrepreneurialism and diversity. So many of the very wonderful things that I absolutely love to talk about. And joining me to not just share their insights, but to offer a real solution to the very real issue of discriminatory investing, Adorita Das, a tech leader and investor who you'll probably know from co-founding Guyana, and an all-round phenomenal woman. And Aisha Afori, founder of Propel, which you'll hear more about later, property investor, Goldman Sachs alumna, and again, an all-round phenomenal woman. The pair have joined me for this 30-minute episode to talk about Super Pitch, a new platform set up by Joita that has set itself a lofty ambition of facilitating $5 billion of investment into underrepresented groups by 2026. Yes, that's $5 billion in five years. That's no mean feat. Women, particularly women of colour, are massively underfunded as founders. They're often disregarded, not because of their business plans, which, as you'll hear from Joyita, are often more considered and more considerate, but because they are female. Often, it is not on purpose. Often, it's not even conscious. But often, it is the case. But instead of just talking about the issue... Joyita and her crew of supporters, which as a disclaimer I should say includes me in whatever capacity I'm useful, are doing something about it. Listen in to find out more. A small word of apology before you do dive in, however. I went to an actual office to record this podcast and scrolled myself away in a small meeting room. A small meeting room with a noisy air conditioning unit. So while you may not get the sound of a puppy barking or my cat wandering over the keyboard during this interview, you do get the background hum of a London office aircon unit. The words said over it, however, are too good not to tune into. Enjoy. Here we are for a episode of the EG Property Podcast. And I'm very excited about this one because I get to talk about things that really matter to me. One, entrepreneurialism. Two, tech and transformation. And three, and this is the most important to me, is supporting people to be what they should be, which is there are so many excellent people in this industry, in this world, and so many of them are not getting support. And by so many of them, I probably mean the 51% of the population that is is female. So I'm really excited to be joined on this episode of the EG Property Podcast with Joyita Das, who has just set up um, a very excellent platform called Super Pitch, which I'd love for you to tell the EG audience all about and and why you felt driven to to set up to set up the um, the platform. Thank you so much, Samantha, for having me here today. Um, I love EG Tech, as I always did, um, and it's great to talk to your audience today about Super Pitch. So Super Pitch is a voluntary initiative. It's an online ecosystem, and it's a systems approach to solving a massive problem. Um, the problem is something we've been talking about a lot lately. Um, we all know that fundraising, particularly equity fundraising, or any fundraising for that matter, has not been very equal um, in terms of who has access to such financial inclusion 
And the statistics, if you actually dig deeper beyond the 1% each year receive funding um, thing, then you'll find that they're actually far worse. So uh, it turns out that out of the 427 billion deployed by venture capital from 2009 until now, less than 0.006% has actually gone to women of color. Um, and if we dig into further categories, it might be multiple decimal digits and even harder to trace. So we are basically talking of near nothing. It's not just 1% a year it's that one percent has been last year before that um, a couple of years before that it was almost non-existent so it's a massive problem um, massive problem because uh, as we know financial inclusion is the way for a future where there are all sorts of voices being heard and we have a development where everyone represents themselves representation is the best way of inclusion and if that's not happening um, then we have to make it it happen and super pitch is a way to make that happen um, it's an online ecosystem which basically means that the entire initiative is set up electronically you don't have to meet you don't have to travel or go anywhere all you have to do is log on to this platform if you are a founder then you pitch for investment if you're an investor looking for um, early stage companies to invest in then you go look for pitches it's simple but what we provide is a little bit beyond that as well um, we looked at a systems approach to solving this problem and we found that writing checks possibly may not be enough uh, because there are lots of funds in the last few years who've, uh, who've announced that they are particularly for women or for black founders or maybe some for even LGBTQ, although even lesser, but they've announced these things. Um, and we haven't particularly seen a lot of change. Uh, maybe we will, uh, it's made maybe a bit too early, but still it hasn't been as much as we expected. Um, and the reason for that, we believe our thesis at Superpitch is um, we think it's because to unlock the value of the capital, these underrepresented groups have such unique needs as well. And if you're not going to bundle the check with that unique solution that that group needs, then the value of the capital is not unlocked and you don't end up seeing a great return. And if you don't see a great return, then it's a virtual cycle. You don't invest anymore um, because in the end, let's face it, that that's what the investment world is about. So we're trying to solve all of that with an ecosystem approach, providing unique benefits, providing a global platform for pitching um, and making this problem solvable at one click. So it's a sort of an education as well for, for the pitchers and for, for the investors to understand how, how to make the money work, I suppose. Absolutely. And identifying what those unique needs are and providing. Um, for instance, in my last four years of working and mentoring hundreds uh, of businesses that are owned by women, um, I found in these forums that I run that an average woman founder is eight to 10 years older than a male founder in UK. Um, and I did a small sample set on Crunchbase. That's what my numbers show. These are not highly verified because uh, I haven't done them in a massive robust way, but roughly back of um, back of envelope calculations show me that an average uh, woman founder in UK is eight to 10 years older than an average male founder, which means she's usually in late thirties, whereas it's in late twenties that the man is starting up a company. So you're looking at a woman who's at the peak of caregiving responsibility responsibilities, either children or older parents or whatever. So if we are going to solve this problem, if we write a check to a woman, we have to solve these problems as well. So at Superpage, we partner up with um, childcare agencies to provide discounted vouchers. We're partnering up with a certain form of insurance platform that's going to provide up to £350 a month for certain socioeconomic uh, demographics of women to access childcare, because we think this is going to unlock their potential. Similarly, we found that exposure 
integrated technology, negotiation and confidence um, during valuation discussions are all things that these groups particularly lack since they don't come from a background of high confidence and risk taking. So courses in those by individuals who are well known to provide that could unlock that capital. Um, we've also found that for immigrant founders, a large amount of their time and bandwidth while they're building new enterprise in the first few years of moving to a new country actually goes in figuring out their immigration status, uh, their residency and international accounting, because usually they have loans and financial responsibilities back home in another currency where they're from. So in addition to writing checks for these founders, we are encouraging and facilitating partnerships with our um, several lawyer and accounting um, partners who are providing uh, facilities to these people at a discounted uh, rate. Therefore, in addition to getting a check, you also get international accounting, you also get immigration advice. Um, so basically we're identifying what these unique segments need and giving them things um, in addition to the check that may makes the value of the checks so much more. Um, and therefore, we think we are a great platform for investors as well, because when they invest in our platform, they invest in people who have the tools to make that capital go much further. And uh, I, I'd be really keen to understand as well a bit, because it's, it's a lovely sort of holistic approach, isn't it, to, huh. to um, investing and uh, I know we've got on on the call as, as well one of one of your super pitches Aisha and um, I'd be really keen to hear from from you actually as a picture how the um, how the sort of the care and consideration of it not just being about the money being about everything else that is needed to have a successful um, startup or scale scale up how, how important that is that there is a, a ecosystem like this? I think it's, uh, it, it's super important and it's one of the sort of key criteria that I think about when I'm looking for investors and funding. Um, it's not, as you said, it's not just about the money. I call it smart money. Um, so it's obviously someone who can bring the capital, but then beyond that, it's what additional support and help can they bring? So for example, it could be you know, a particular area to do with business that they can help with. It could be marketing, it could be strategy or something else. Um, or sometimes it's um, introductions to other people or connections. Um, but I, I, I look for something else um, in addition to just the funding. And then I'd say the final piece to that as well is what is the relationship going to be like? What are, you know, what is the investor like or investors like in terms of sort of character and personality? Are they the sorts of people that, you know, that my team and I could get on with? And, and really importantly, you know, do we share the same sorts of visions and values? Because fundamentally, if, if you don't, then there's likely to be issues further down the line. That's the key to success, isn't it? If you can work together and understand each each other than the likelihood of of success um, and however we however we categorize that is is more likely exactly and joy i know that you when you were doing your research for this you know you did um you did come across how how much more successful actually businesses are if they have a um a diverse um uh board or inv investor investor base you know there is there are lots of stats out there, aren't there, about how how important women are um, to the success of a, a business and 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 beyond. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so the so the numbers are out there already. We know that uh, a business is 26% less likely to have an IPO or a huge exit if it does not have a diverse board. Um, but also in my research, the interesting thing is I've seen a live test bed because I've been mentoring women businesses for over four years, and I've seen thousands and thousands of cases where these benefits did not exist as they still don't and one or two really rare cases where they did and the difference was palpable women built for the long term they pay forward and they create sustainable businesses so the ipcc report came out today as you know global warming is even worse than we thought climate change is awful and it has been seen that women-led businesses are significantly more sustainable environment friendly and think about um the ecosystem more than uh, than an entirely male-led board so even if we want to save the planet we have to bring diversity into the picture um the third thing that I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, bring some color to is interestingly in my test, uh, I would I would have closely followed about some 150 companies very closely from creation to success or let's say demise. I would call success series B because beyond that they haven't because in four or five years they couldn't go much further. Um, most are at seed or A and then demise is not working out. So if I if I look at that, I've seen by and large the ones that failed to take off the ground were significantly like non-diverse in their approach. So there wasn't neural diversity, there wasn't gender diversity, there wasn't um, national um, or ethnographic diversity. These were just very homologous and homophilous groups, and they were invested by very similar homologous homophilous groups. So the investors and the founders and the teams all looked very similar. If you looked at them at a photo, you would just think they're various versions of themselves. Okay? <laughs> and then I'm not surprised that they didn't go on to do amazing things because you do need diversity of thought to be able to look at various angles and um catch. Um, the problem with this is this is a long term sustainable approach. Um, when you have diversity, you exist for the long term. For instance, you know, this famous athlete, <coughs> Alison Felix, who's uh, a mother, and uh, she's, she's got the 11th medal, the most decorated athlete and a mom who proves age is just a number. So when she became a mom, Nike gave her a contract which was 70% less. And therefore she walked out and joined Atleta, and, uh, which is a B Corp. And you know now who's laughing is the question. But look at this, as soon as she got that, she built a 200 million fund for childcare costs of athletes that are moms. Okay. Serena William has set up a fund too for investing in women. Um, so you see women, as soon as we get somewhere, we try to pay it forward, you know, all of us together in this call. Aisha is an investor. Um, Sam, you're really successful and you're finding time for both of us. Okay, I have a full time day job and I'm doing this voluntary thing. We all want to move forward and that's how women are. We like to bring things into into we, we like to expand the horizon of possibility for the next generation automatically. It's just in our nature. Um, so to me, it seems that not having a very inclusive advisory board or a board or a company basically means you're not building for the future. You're not building for the long term. Why are we still hitting these barriers? And if that is so evident and, you know, there are so many uh, of us as women out there who do want to help e help each other, and, you know, there are good men out there as, as well. We don't want to um, spar everyone with the same brush, I, I suppose. But we, you know, there is still a barrier. And I, I know when we were chatting before, we were talking about the, the gender gap and how much bigger that has got um, during during COVID. And we've taken all of these steps backwards. And, you know, with every 
um, you know, sort of piece of research that we do here at EG looking at the state of the market on those things where we have tried to be better um, human beings, we've, we've gone backwards. And there, I just, I don't know how we get over these, these barriers and how, how much louder we need to be and who we need to bring along on the, on the journey. And, you know, hopefully through Super Pitch, we, we can do a bit of that. Yeah, and I'll actually share something and let Aisha talk about the second half of it because I think I suspect she knows a bit about what I'm going to say. So there is a very interesting phenomenon that um, I was telling you a little bit before. Majority of people um, who are biased actually are convinced they're not. If they were, you could have a conversation with them, okay, and you could, you know, have a chat. But it's like the situation where people say that um, nobody voted for Trump, and yet a large number did, you know. That's how he won. The point is, if no one voted, how is he winning? Uh, it's the same problem. No one is biased, and yet we have these numbers. How is that possible? Um, and a large number of people I've spoken to have actually no idea that they are. Um, they are convinced that they are meritocrats and they treat all genders equally and all uh, segments equally and they have no such uh, partition in their head, but they have no idea what they're doing. Um, and, I, I, and I recommend people that if you have to really look at whether you're biased or not, don't look at how you think and you feel because your mind's deceptive. You look at your life's work and your data. That's going to show you, okay? How diverse is your friends group? Out of all the weddings you've attended, what percentage were actually not from your country or your neighborhood or your religion? What number of your employees promoted are actually not from schools, colleges, neighborhoods or countries you're from? What percentage have you invested in that do not look like you at all? Look at your data because your data is going to speak the truth that your mind will not. Your mind wants to believe you're a good person. If you thought I'm a bad person and I do this on purpose, we could have a conversation. But you're convinced you're a great person. You don't do this at all. And yet somehow this is happening. So, so please look at your data. That's what I say. Uh, but Aisha has had a recent um, a lot of experiences as fundraising herself lately. Um, Aisha, what do you think? I, I think you have something to add to this. What, what do you think is going yeah, on? I, I, Joy, I think what you just said is basically hitting the nail on the head. Part of the problem is that um, you know, people, investors, they don't necessarily realize some of the biases that they have. They're so inherent and inside them. So on the surface, they'll sort of say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have biases. I don't behave in a certain way. But because some of them are subconscious, they're not even aware of some of the choices and the decisions that that they're making. And because they're not aware of them, then how, how can they change? So, for example, um, you know, going through the sort of fundraise process myself, what I realized was a lot of the investors just don't look like me. Um, and that sometimes there are, you know, we don't necessarily have a lot of things naturally in, in common. And what I think tends to happen is when you do have things naturally in common with somebody, you tend to feel a bit more comfortable. And again, your subconscious probably makes you feel um, more comfortable and then maybe you know you're more inclined to want to invest whereas what I'm finding is that because I don't have you know the same sort of fit as other people I didn't necessarily go to a particular school or I don't have a certain type of background necessarily um, perhaps that could be one of the reasons why um, you know I feel that I haven't made necessarily as much headway as other people who I think, you know, looking at on paper, there isn't too much of a difference um, 
in between. But it, it's really hard to to get people to see it because, as you said, Joy, it's not something that is necessarily at the forefront or is or is done consciously. Um, and that's you know what I think one of the challenges is. It's, and and the other thing to add there, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. The other thing to add there is this concept that this is charity. If you believe in diversity, it is charity. Um, and so charity means you've got to be a billionaire and you've got to be retired to do it, right? Right now, I want to make my career and my money. Why should I do it? This is the concept. And it's just like the climate change issue. It, this is not charity. It's what you need to survive. And if you don't see that, then I don't know what to say. You see so many mistakes happening in the world, things crumbling around you because of lack of diversity. It's not just uh, something nice to do. It's how you become successful. And in a matter of few years, it will be a question of survival. Because if you don't have diversity inside the company, you don't have diversity of thought. And if you don't have diversity of thought, you're not prepared for the future. And but anything that's not prepared for real. It's absolutely. And this charity thing is, is the one thing that I, I don't know how to change this. I'm like, I feel like every time I talk about diversity or the need for it, people just go into this charity mode where they're like, and it's gone to the extent that um, they apply this to many things. For instance, if um, I'll tell you, I've, I've been privy to conversations where they were evaluating, let's say, two people's performance or two people's pitch or two comparative companies. And I've seen in thousands of cases across the years that if there was the slightest hint where um, the person at the other end was very conscious of diversity and sustainability and wanted to build a future forward company people didn't go along with that they said they're a really nice person but that's not what i want to side with and for me the question was isn't it great that you could be nice and profitable they, they have almost exclusively taken out nice out of profitability okay so there's just one kind of economy where you have to be horrible if you're not horrible you're great to hang out with but financially i wouldn't partner up with you for success which is completely the wrong perspective you know we don't live in ages where we live in zero-sum game we're not in pillaging foraging world anymore where your food is my food and one of us will eat we have excess in the world right now so you can expand the pie it's not a zero-sum game so if someone's nice and sustainable they will be profitable but somehow um, I just don't meet enough men who believe that. I guess it's, I wonder if there's, um, you know, corporate social um, responsibility is, has something to, uh, you know, should take the play, the blame because it's not corporate social responsibility. It's, it's good business, isn't it? Whether you are um, creating a, um, a uh, business that doesn't kill the planet or you are creating a business that um, looks at um, diversity and inclusion in in the way it, it should you know that isn't it isn't a separate part of your business it isn't a tick box it is it is actually business and you know I get this the same when we talk about um, diversity ESG that sort of thing in in the pages of EG some people will say well you know I just want to know about deals and that's that's what real estate is and it's a it's a slowly evolving conversation that says, well, no, it's it's not. It's a bit of what it's about, but it's not what all of it's about. So it's a it's a changing conversation, isn't it? That's that's need that's needed, and a and unfortunately, it's a bit of a slow slow change. Um, but we will get there, and I think things, you know, having um, seen the response so far that you've had to to super pinch pinch super pitch. Uh, and um, and the level of support and 
and how people are coming together that's you know that's the first step in this isn't it and that I, I guess a question for you would be how do we amplify that and how does how does the eg audience the eg community be part of it to to really amplify um the, the that voice and that message that it, this is this is the way to uh, to quote star wars this is the way. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Actually, I love the whole series. Um, uh, I, uh, we are a big fan <laughs> of uh, of the whole thing. Um, I know who you're talking about and Grogu. <laughs> My house is full of stuffed Grogu's everywhere. I was actually about to have a baby when that came out. And so like Grogu was our projection of the future baby. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll say something and then I'll um, hand it to Aisha if she has anything to add. I tell the community that um, good business is sustainable and inclusive. It doesn't kill the planet. Um, and it makes sure that your future generations actually survive and be healthy. Almost everything we're doing is to make sure that the people who come after us survive. Because if our children don't leave, live, what's the point, right? Um, and just making a ton of capital at the cost of other people's lives and businesses and sending them to Harvard isn't going to save them when the sky rains acid, you see. So you're going to have to invest in things where the world is sustainable for your children to inhabit. And investing in diverse businesses, and particularly women, um, and investing in cultures and thought processes that encourage that will make sure that your children can survive in a healthy, equitable uh, world where everyone gets the opportunity they need. Um, and there's not this level of uh, discomfort between the segments that we have today um, and they're not paying the debts that that you created um, that's what I would say to the community so please um, go to super page it's a pure um, voluntary initiative none of us are making any money off of this Sam myself Aisha and many many people like us have come forward to help basically pick businesses you would like to invest in um, or offer them services at discounts or for free, ideally. And if you're a founder and you have a diverse team member, go pitch there and tell people you've pitched there so they get to know about the platform. And every time one of us succeed, let's take 10 of us with that, with ourselves on that journey and take them and pull them forward. Let's make it the biggest possible movement for equality for the next 15, 20 years. Um, none of us are hopefully going to die before that, and I don't intend to give up before that. Let's keep on moving forward for the next 15, 20 years with this purpose in a non uh, in a voluntary nonprofit capacity and make this happen. Um, I would also encourage you to look at businesses like Aisha who are fundraising now that are great businesses driven by amazing women. Um, and if you find that you have synergies where you can actually contribute or invest, then doing that directly is the best way you can support our initiative. Fantastic. I should give it give us your pitch now. I know there's obviously we've got um, <laughs> Super Pitch Day coming up on the 20th of August that everyone should get involved with. But um, give us a little early, early pitch here. Sure. So I'm the, uh, the founder and CEO of Propel. And essentially, our mission is to get more women investing. Um, and to start off by getting more women investing through property investment, because fundamentally women face the, you know, there's a gender wealth gap, there's a pension gap, there's a pay gap. So essentially what it means is women have less capital at their disposal to invest, um, more hurdles to overcome. And also as women tend to live longer than men, 
the, you know, having a smaller pot of money, but having to make it stretch further can be a challenge. You know, we're not taught about investing or financial sort of education at school, or I definitely wasn't. Um, and there's a there's a big sort of gap there. So what Propel is doing is we're building a platform whereby we can help women to increase their financial education, increase their financial confidence, and then help them to have access to investments that are actually going to move the needle um, and help them to build uh, a sustainable financial future. Fantastic. So we had um, at the first Future Female Leaders um, event we did and the next one is finally coming up now we get to be back in real life together but one of the most powerful pitches um, or presentations from the women was about that the um, the pension gap and you saw every every woman in the room when she asked about you know who who here invests who here you know knows what their pension pot is none of the women none of the women knew and it, yep. it um it really spurred them into action you know she um she made people people think and and i think you know i think the guys in the room too were like hang on a minute this is all out all out of sync so that sounds fantastic yeah. and and i and i hope that um everyone listening is uh is uh, now um googling and getting on the phone to you <laughs> no thank you i mean you know super pitch is a fantastic um you know, opportunity. And I, I'm so thankful for Joy for coming up with it and putting it together. You know, I've seen quite a lot of noise in the last sort of 12 to 18 months or so about diversity and investing more in women. And it's something that pretty much everybody has kind of jumped on the bandwagon. But how many of those people are actually putting it into practice in a meaningful way where they genuinely want to see change I'm not so sure I think for a lot of people it is it is just noise and so far in some of the conversations that I've been having with various um, investors and investment houses that's the sort of feeling that I'm getting they're they're talking the talk but they're not yet walking the walk um, whereas you know I have seen Joy put so much into this and actually put things in place where you can see that, you know, it's more than just um, talking about it. You know, you can clearly tell that Joy is very passionate and is actually bringing together lots of different people and support in, you know, as I mentioned earlier, more than just the money, which is absolutely essential. I'd like to add just one more point, something that came up earlier that I think is really, really important. Um, and it was about building businesses um, that are not just focused necessarily on the money and about doing good. Um, and this is something that's really, really topical for me. I've just finished reading a book called um, The Infinite Game. And essentially what it's about is showing that you need to be thinking about, um, you know, the long-term vision of your business and about doing good for your customers and your clients. And essentially what it says is if that's what you focus on, then the profitability, et cetera, and the money will come later. But what we've seen tend to happen because of the society that we live in is that there's this focus always on the bottom line and making profit for shareholders. And oftentimes that can lead you away from actually doing good for your customers and your, your investors. But one of the things that I've seen, you know, as an investor myself is particularly when I'm looking at companies run by women, is that that sort of desire to do good and make money is 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 there. And I find that it's there in almost equal amounts, mm -hmm. whereas some other businesses I've looked at, I can clearly see they're just focused on the bottom line. And those are the ones that I'm not so aligned with. Um, for me, it's really important that 
there is, you know, there are values in the business um, that are equally as important as making money. I'm hopeful, which is unusual for a journalist, I know, but uh, I'm hopeful, <laughs> though, that, you know, there is a generation, um, maybe be- maybe below us, that that is just how they view the world. You know, gone is the, you know, the 1980s um, focus on it's just about the money. And maybe the you know the 2020s and the especially I hope after the the year and a half that we've been through the focus is on is on doing doing good and yeah everyone likes to make money and you know it does make the world go round but the world does actually need to keep keep spinning and and the environment does that and people do that so yeah I, yeah, I just I hope that we're going to get there and okay it's not as not as fast as we we want it to be, but we will will get there. And I know, um, Joyty, you've got a, a big ambition for for Super Pitch, um, and we do need everyone to come along on the on the journey to to enable enable that. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive commercial real estate data.